Hallelujah. Well, again, this is Bishop Gary Oliver at The Secret Place and my lovely wife, Dr. Noemi. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to The Secret Place. We just ask that you guys, if you're watching online, those that are watching online viewers, please share the message. This is something that uh, we ask so that people can be encouraged, can be uh, feel loved and appreciated. We have a powerful word and that the Lord has laid on the bishop's heart. And so we just want to share that with you tonight. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're glad to see all of you out. And um, what a great time, man, this this season has been. But, um, no, I started saying a while ago, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it, that my wife was, our, we have a rock star in our midst, y'all. She, <laughs> she was amazing today on a show with uh, Dr. Marina McLean. And so those of you that uh, follow her and watch her, you can uh, probably look that up and find out where that's going to air. And maybe if we find out some information about it, we'll post about it so you can see it. But it was really great. And Dr. Noemi talked about AI and its use uh, in ministry today and how we can leverage what, what the world has offered. You know, the wealth of the wicked, the Bible says, is laid up for the righteous. Wealth is not always just money. And so sometimes it may be even uh, their inventions or their wisdom or whatever else. And we take that and run with it and use it in the kingdom in positive ways. Amen. Amen. So there's so many good things going on right now. Right now, man, we are in uh, we've in the beginning of our 90 day read through. In the Bible, how many of you have been enjoying that? Oh, man, I tell you, I, I get so stoked every time I start reading the Bible. And it's like I've read these stories. I read the Bible the first time through when I was in the seventh grade from cover to cover. And I just, I've never stopped. It, it's just amazing to me. What intrigues me is how I can go back and read the same story again and again and again and still find life in it. Right. It's, but you know, it's because the word, the word is, is alive. alive. The word is it's, alive. It's alive, and it's it's going to speak to you. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews that it is a discerner of the intents and the thoughts of your your mind, the intents of the heart and the thoughts of your mind. It is a discerner of those things. Right. In other words, uh, don't just read the Bible; let it read you. And when you let it read you, it will begin to tell you some things about yourself right. and expose things for you that are positive, some that maybe need some work, some that you need to get deliverance from or healing from or walk through or maybe take some steps through. But whatever it is, the Lord will speak to you through his word. Amen. Amen. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that, but we're also going to talk about because we started a 21-day fast. Right. Some of them are surviving. Others are like, oh, are we, is it over yet? <laughs> We're on day two. I was kind of like that today a little bit. Is it over? Is it over? Have we yeah. already done 21 days? Good. <laughs> well, we're in our third, third day, day, and um, it's, it's really been good because there, first of all, fasting is important to your overall health. Right. Um, 
And I think there's a lot of health benefits that you can find from fasting. And a lot of people, you know, we get caught up in, and, and first of all, let me just say this is not a medical show. I'm not a doctor. I'm not licensed about this stuff. I've done it all my life. But I just want to talk to you about something because, you know, sometimes I think we read, uh, we'll go to the store and we'll see a box and it's labeled detox. And we think, man, I need to detox my body. And we start taking all these pills and all this other stuff. And we don't know what we're doing to our bodies. Right. And really the body is built in such a way that it naturally detoxes itself. So when you drink water, like a water fast, there's a natural process that happens of detoxification in your body just by drinking water. Right. And some of us, if we drank more water, I could use an amen right there because I know <laughs> that some of us walk around with a soda or a juice or a something, you know. And, you know, juices, while they may be beneficial on some levels, a lot of the canned juices or prepared juices have a lot of sugar, a lot of added sugar. And so if you're going to do juice, I would try to get some organic fruit and just right. juice it at home and juice it naturally. But even with that, if you do too much of the juice, you can also take on too much sugar. Too much sugar. So it's really important that you kind of understand this. And I would just say go research it for yourself. Right. The water also, what it does is it removes any of the, the rest of your organs that normally would be on constant working mm -hmm. um, to be able to metabolize. Right. The water allows to do the cleansing yes. because you're not working your body. When we do, when we're eating the blood, it cleans the blood. There's just so many benefits, your liver, uh, your kidneys. There's just so many yep. benefits in, in the fast along with the water. Exactly. Which is what we chose to do for yep. our fast for the first week. Yeah, we're just doing some water fasting, which means that we just we just take water on. Now, there are health uh, sites out there that will tell you that if you're just going to do water fasting, to do it for no more than 72 hours. But I've done it all my life, and I've done it for 21 days. I've done it for 36 or 38 days. I don't remember. I've done it for many days. And I've never had any health issue or problems. In fact, I've always felt better when I come back. But the reality is, if you're going to fast, it's kind of good to prepare your body before you start fasting toward fasting. In other words, don't just eat, you know, a big old slab of meat and steak and potato and all this kind of stuff. Man, I'm going to get this last meal in, you know, uh, <laughs> because... So many of us, I, I'm, I'm a guy, I mean, hey, I'm guilty, I've done it, and I want that double beef cheeseburger before I, <laughs> you know, go on to this fast, and it's really not good to do your body like that. It's, it's really good to kind of taper your food off right. a little bit and maybe take two or three days to do that. Yeah, and just clear disclosure, do what's best for your body. Exactly. You got medications you got to take, do what's best, you know, not, not the same recipe is the same for everyone. So you got to pay attention to your body. you got to pay attention to what you need. Mm -hmm. And there's different ways that you can do that. So just get with your doctor. You know, this is something yeah, that. Check with your medical professional. You just you don't do just it. jump in. Be, be safe about it. Yeah. But, you know, water fasting alone, uh, they will tell you, can be good for lowering uh, blood pressure. And, you know, sometimes I think that if we just drank water, 
rather than adding the sodas and the teas and all the other things that have a lot of caffeine, if we have blood pressure issues, we could probably change that a little bit just by drinking water with our meals or throughout the day. Amen? Amen. It just some little things that God will teach you. You know, I'll never forget um, when I was a kid, I was a young man anyway. I was, I was probably in my early 20s and I had slipped out and played in the bars and done some things. And, and the next thing I knew, I was struggling with a little bit of an addiction. And I'm not, I'm not proud of that, but I'm not so ashamed of it that I hide it um, because God delivers. Amen. And so I remember I was struggling with this. I never was on anything for very long. I think it was a period of about six months that I was out there messing around, but I got to messing around with cocaine, and that wasn't good because it started, I started having a addiction, a feeling of needing to have cocaine, and uh, that was something I sure couldn't afford, and thank God I was a musician, and I had friends that had lots of it because they brought it around. That was, <laughs> that was the way that worked. So it wasn't me buying it. It was them just giving it to me for requesting a song or something like that. And it just, you know, it was a short period of time, but it hit me pretty hard. And I'll never forget asking God, how do I break this addiction? I am so sorry that I ever stepped out there and did this. I was back. I pulled myself out of the club. I was going back to the church. And I was like, God, I'm going to come back. I'm going to do what's right. And I need to know how to break this. And I will never forget the Lord spoke to me to drink water for three days and keep my belly full of water. You ever walk around after drinking a big drink of water and you feel that water jostling in your body? And it's like, oh my God, this is so uncomfortable. But I stayed that way for three days. And uh, the first two days, what passed through my body was very foul. The second or the third day, it was as clear as the water I was drinking. And I never had another desire for cocaine. I've never touched it again, never been around it again. It was no, I'm just telling you, there's healing benefits. Amen? Amen. Come on, you can give God a good praise for that. That's good. So there's also benefits from drinking some green teas. Uh, even some black teas have uh, good benefits uh, for your metabolism. Detoxing. Yeah, and detoxing herbal teas can be beneficial to you. Herbal teas, it's funny that we call them teas because there are actually no tea in it. It's herbs. <laughs> okay, so that went right over, right? Uh, it's just herbs. It's not tea. Tea is a specific leaf. and uh, But anyway, just want you to know that there are a lot of health that you can benefit from fasting. Even if you're doing, let's say that you're doing like a Daniel's fast. I know some of us are doing Daniel's fast, which is like uh, legumes and uh, beans and fruit and vegetables, fruit and vegetables, and and maybe some oatmeal, some uh, nuts and seeds, things like that. And that's all you're eating. It's very very good for your system and very good for cleansing your body and helping you overcome other issues. You may find that you overcome some allergies in a season like this. And because a lot of times the allergies that we struggle with here, 
are caused first by foods that we're allergic to. I found that out the hard way. Uh, when I was 18, my mother made me go through this whole thing and uh, actually ended up going through the doctor and they did all these little tests on my back and stuff on the my needles, skin yeah. yeah, with needles and juices and stuff. And I didn't know it, but I love mushrooms, but I'm very allergic to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can't eat them when there's a lot of uh, uh, mushroom growing in the ground. When it's like, uh, it's like, you know, you've got the, uh, what do you call it? It's not mushroom that you call it, but it's uh, like when there's a lot of... Uh, Algae? No. Fungus and stuff like that growing in the ground when the ground is real damp and you see all those little green spots and stuff like that. I can't eat mushrooms during that season. Yeah. Because if I eat a mushroom, then I get nasal drip and all kinds of stuff. I love lemon, but a lot of people think lemon water is really good for you, but it's not good for me because I'm very allergic to lemon. And if I start drinking lemon water within two days, I have the, the drips of the nose, you know, and it's so a lot of things that we suffer with here may be initiated by something we're eating or ingesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's, those are just some good health reasons, but let's talk about some spiritual reasons for fasting because spiritual reason for fasting, uh, number one is to turn off the voices that control us. Man, that's a big one, isn't it? And if you will notice, if you'll ever notice, when you fast, how much time you have on your hands because you're not food prepping, sitting in line, waiting for a table at the restaurant, all these different things. And it's, uh, it's amazing how much time comes back to you and you have, to, you have to be able to turn off those voices and say, you know what? Today is not the cheeseburger day. Today is the God day. If y'all haven't figured it out yet, the cheeseburger's my favorite food. But anyway, it's just one of my favorites, I should say. I've got so many. Street tacos are right up there, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Uh, when I start thinking about it right now, you know, it's like some street taco and hot sauce and, you know, listen. Everybody's fasting. <laughs> I know y'all fasting, but, you know, every now and then a good prime rib is. But anyway, I'm going to leave you alone because uh, just some cornbread and collard greens. I mean, come on. But, <laughs> but it's, it's amazing how all those voices speak to us. And the time we spend, man, I would love some collard greens today. Well, I'm going to run to the store. I'm going to go find the greens. I'm going to go get the stuff for the cornbread. I'm going to make sure I got everything else I want to go with it. And I'm going to spend all day, probably an hour going to the store, coming back home. Because in Texas, you know, if you don't drive 45 minutes, you ain't going to see a store. So it's like you got to drive 45 minutes from your house to get to a store, get the stuff, come back home, prepare the stuff. And then you finally get to sit down and eat. And when you do, you want to sit there for an hour. But look how much of your time was controlled by that one desire. Mm -hmm. So when you lay that down, all of a sudden, we have time to listen to God. So it's turning off the voices. So sometimes you've got to just not turn off the food, but 
Turn off the news. Turn off stuff that is not building you up. If it's not serving you, don't listen to it. If it's not benefiting you, if it's not helping you. So it's a great time that we get to focus our attention on God and his word and spend some time in prayer. Right. Amen. Right. You know, Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 16. He said, whenever you fast, don't make a gloomy face as the hypocrites do. For they distort their faces so that they'll be noticed by people when they're fasting. So don't walk around like, oh, I'm so hungry. You know, like you just you just got your reward. People noticed you. Right. And that's what you were doing that for. Right. People noticed you, so you got your reward. So Jesus said, don't do that. He said, I say to you, they have their reward in full when they do that. But as for you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that your fasting will not be noticed by people, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Fasting is between you and the Lord. However you do that, whatever you do, whenever you fast, all of that is between you and the Lord. And keep it that way. And then he talked about prayer in that same passage just a little earlier in Matthew, the sixth chapter. He said, and when you pray, I love those two statements, when you fast and when you pray. It's not if. (laughs) No. It's not if. And it's not like, uh, I hope you pray. Right. No, he said, hey, if you're my follower, you're going to fast. Y'all know that, that fasting is not just a Christian thing? It's just, that's done by all types of religions. And so is prayer. Right. In fact, I was amazed when I was in Indonesia, that three times a day, there is a citywide call to prayer over loudspeakers. And you see people drop, turn their little blankets toward the east, and they begin to pray. I'm just sitting here thinking, how many Christians... Can we get, if we called for a prayer meeting in the morning, how many of us would be willing to hit our knees at 6 o'clock and just pray? Man. But Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Remember, prayer is not necessarily talking all the time. He said, don't be like hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so they will be seen by the people. And truly, they have their reward in full. But as for you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you're praying, do not use thoughtless repetition. Don't just say stuff. I love the Lord's Prayer, but don't just say it and not think about it. Think about it if you're going to use the Lord's Prayer. 
What does it mean when it says, what does it, surely those words are more powerful than we ever imagined. Our Father. If you just take those two words and rest on them for a while and meditate on them for a while, you will be amazed how it just equalizes the playing field because it's not my Father and it's not your Father, it's our Father. That puts us all in the same place. Amen. It puts him in the same place Amen. by every heart. Amen. So he says, when you're praying, do not use these thoughtless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. So do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. God knows what you have need of before you ever ask him. In fact, he knows better than you what you need. So sometimes, wouldn't it be a turn if we just went to God and say, God, what do I need today? What is it that I need to really change my life and shift my life? I love Psalm 46, verse 10. You know, the scripture says, be still and know that I am God. You know what that, what that word, be still, really is? If you really look at it, it's, it means to stop striving. Stop trying to act like you're something. Just be still and know that I'm God. You ever seen somebody and you look at them and you watch them for a minute and you look at somebody else and say, they just doing too much. You ever, you ever heard that statement? Sometimes I feel like God is looking at us going, mm, she doing too much. He's doing too much. Just too much. Somewhat, sometimes we need to stop and just wait on God. Amen? That's right. So that takes us into this concept of reading the word. And my God, our time flies, doesn't know. it? It's, it's been powerful. The word of the reading. And just going back to the beginning, knowing how the love that he had for creation, for mm -hmm. us. Um, we're, we're seeing it, and it's good to read it. It's good to listen to whichever preference you have. But you, go, you begin from the core foundation of who our Father is. Right. So it's been great listening to the story. Again, it's, you, you probably read it, but every time you read it, you will find something new in this season. Isn't it true? Amen. Amen. You find something true, and, um, you know, what, what story has stood out to you, do you think? You know, um, when you think about, you know, we were just listening to what happened with Esau mm -hmm. and Jacob. And Esau had the right for right, but he gave it up. Yeah. And then gets sold it. Sold it and then gets upset because now the son has it. But then it was prophesied that the older would yes, be sir. subject to the younger brother, yeah. even yeah. though they were, they were born as twins. But one was older, the other one was younger. And I just think, you know, God's word is always on time and right. Yeah. What, what he said and we, when the angel came to her and told her, it was going to be manifested. Right. He doesn't go back on his word. No, Regardless no. of where they are, it is part of the plan. So I, I just, when you meditate on that, that no matter what you're going through, it is part of the plan that's going to take you to the next level. And right. so that, that really resonated with me that even though they had a birthright, they, they could have followed the rules, but God has a plan 
and everything works out yeah. by his plan. You know, that story, that story alone, and let me just close us out with this story because it's really a powerful story. Uh, because Jacob, he, you know, he tricks his father and at his mother's request, insistence. Right. Um, he just sent Esau to go get him some stew. So you make it, and then you go in and you tell your father that you're Esau. And he said, well, how can I do that? Because Esau is a very hairy man. The Bible says that Esau was a man of the field and Jacob was a man of the tents. He was a mama's boy. So he stayed inside. Wow. And Esau was a hunter and he was out going and doing and, and he was a hairy man and uh, almost looked like he had a cloak on it said he was so hairy. So this guy, Jacob is like, I can't, I can't fool my dad. I mean, he may be blind, but he ain't that, he ain't that bad off. I don't know how to fool him. She said, you go get the goat and just leave the details to me. And she puts the skin of the goat on his arms and tells him to go get on some of Esau's clothes. So he goes into his father, Jacob, at this time is a, a Jacob, not Jacob, but Isaac is an older man at this time. And he is, his eyesight is dim and he can't see well. And he looks and he says, it sounds like the voice of Esau, of, of Jacob, but there is a smell of Esau because he could smell the clothing. He could smell the, the food. He said, did you bring me the stew? And he said, yes, father, I brought it. He said, come here so I can feel you and make sure you're the right one. And he comes toward him and he feels his arm and he says, man, this is the one. And he blesses him. When Esau has already given this up, he's given this right up because he just wanted a bowl of parts. He'd been out in the woods hunting and he's like, man, I need some of the beans you're cooking, bro. Give me some of that red stew, whatever it is. Just give me some of that and, and uh, you can have anything you want. You can have the birthright, man. I don't care what it is. Just take it. Because he was, he was giving it away, but he had no intentions of playing that through. But he didn't know how he was playing into God's plan. Because God had already told his mother, as Dr. Noemi said, that the older would serve the younger. Esau came out first, but Jacob had grabbed his heel and hung on and came out with him. So his Jacob's name means surplanter. He's mean I'll I'll take your place, doofus. You just keep playing games. I'll take your place. And so Jacob goes away, and uh, because his mother tells him, I heard Esau when he realized that the birthright was gone. He's saying and swearing he's going to kill you. You better get out of here. We're going to go over just a few minutes, y'all. But just bear with me. It's going to be all right. The, uh, but she's, she says, you got to go to Laban. You got to go to your uncle and you got to go get one of his daughters and marry them. So he goes up there and he sees Rachel and he's like, man, I am smitten. I am in love. And he tells Laban, I'll work for you. I'll do whatever I need to do. And he said, and what would your wages be? And he said, I want your daughter, Rachel. And he said, well, okay, tell you what, you worked for me for seven years. You can have her. And so he works for him for seven years, and then he brings Leah to the tent. Now, how this brother didn't know that wasn't Rachel, I don't know. 
That's a crazy story to me that he, he like, I would have known her toenails. It's, you, you know, when you're in love with somebody, you like, you know them. And, and he'd been watching this girl for seven years, and you don't know that this is her crazy-eyed sister, Leah. And so Leah comes in the tent with him, and he gets mad after he sleeps with her for show. Anyway, he gets mad, and he comes back out and tells, man, I thought I was going to get Rachel. He said, oh, you can have Rachel. Yeah, you can have Rachel. Just work seven more years. Seven more years? I already worked seven years, and you promised me. He said, well, we can't marry the younger before we marry the older, so I had to give you Leah, but I'll tell you what. I'll give you Rachel, too, if you work another seven years. And so he goes ahead, and within a week's time, he has Rachel as well, but he works another seven years for those two women. He's got 14 years invested. Then when he's ready to leave, he realizes, I don't have any wealth. I don't have anything to take with me. So he works for another six years to build his flocks and his herds, and which he does. And then when he gets all of that done and they leave, and I'm going to shorten this real quick for you. When they leave and they go back to the place where God told him, when you come back, I want you to know that this is the place that I want you to live. And you're going to have to come back here because this is where your family's going to dwell. And this is where I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you and all this stuff. East Jacob starts going back with all the family. I'm leaving a whole bunch of the story out. Y'all have to read it. And uh, Laban chasing him and all that stuff. I'm leaving all that out. But you have to go back. He said, you got to go back to the land where I told you that I would bless your family. And Jacob starts thinking when he gets closer, man, Esau is still living there. And that joker told me he going to kill me. I got to watch, watch out for Esau. And he starts going back. And I can imagine the panic or the turmoil. He's like, I got to obey God. And I got to do what God is telling me to do. But man, Esau, Esau, Esau. So the Bible says, that when he gets close, he separates the people and he separates them into two companies because he wants to make it. Well, maybe if he runs on this company, he'll kill them and these escape. Maybe if he runs on this one, then he kills all them and then this one escapes. And I'm like, which company you going to be with? But he, he wasn't with one of those companies because he stayed by himself and he wrestled with an angel. You all remember the story. Right. And so he gets all of this behind him. But now, while he might have had a fighting chance after working for 20 years in the fields, he now has to go face his greatest fear with a limp. Think about that. Because God is saying sometimes God will make you face your greatest fear in a way or in a form or a deformity that you can't handle your greatest fear because God wants you to know it's not you fighting the battle. I'm the one that's got you. That's right. that's so right. let me just let you limp on over there and face your greatest fear. And so Jacob has to go face Esau and he sends out goats and sheep and all kinds of stuff and milk camels and their colts and everything. And he sends it all ahead 
And then he starts dividing the family up, Bilhah and her crew, and then the other one and her crew. And then he brings, because Leah had given him her handmaid, you remember? And so, and then uh, Rachel gave him a handmaid, and so he sent all them people first. Then he brings Leah, and then way back in the back, he's got Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin. He's just barely coming along. Benjamin hadn't been born yet, but she's carrying probably at this time. And here he's coming. And his people, he sends his people out. And he said, y'all tell Esau, this is a gift from me. He said, I'm trying to send him a gift because I want to find favor. And he sends this big gift. And they come back and they say, man, Esau's coming. But he's got 400 soldiers with him. Oh, my God, don't tell me that. And I'm limping, and I'm messed up, and I don't know how to fight this man. I don't even know. He's probably not even going to like me. I don't even know what this is about. And I'm just telling somebody that's here tonight, because you and watching tonight, you may be about to face your greatest fear, but I want you to go ahead and face it, because in facing your greatest fear, you're going to find your greatest deliverance. Oh, you're going to find your greatest deliverance. And the Bible says that when Jacob met Esau and he saw him eventually, that Esau broke out of rank and took off running to Jacob, fell on his neck, and they cried together and wept. And then he looks at Jacob and he said, what's the meaning of all this stuff you sent ahead? He said, I just wanted to send a gift in case I might find favor in your sight. And he said, I have plenty. Keep your stuff. I'm, I'm glad you're here. And when they start talking, Jacob says this, I have seen your face as one who sees the face of God. Because I faced my greatest fear. And I found my greatest deliverance. Jesus took my stuff and he nailed it to the tree. He nailed it to a cross. When you face your greatest fear and you realize that God has got you in that moment. And it's not your battle. It is the Lord's battle. Just get ready for your greatest deliverance. You're going to realize that God has been fighting for you all along. Fear does not control you. God does. I love you tonight. This is Bishop Gary Oliver at The Secret Place with my beautiful wife, Dr. Noemi. Come back and see us again right here on a Wednesday night. Take me to that scene.